Hey everyone, this is Mike from You'll Probably Agree. Today I have Sophia Wong Bashio, the founder and executive director of Asian Pop-Up Cinema. It is running from September 10th to October 10th, and also for a Halloween treat on October 30th to the 31st. If you want to find out more about what Asian Pop-Up Cinema is, well, hop on over and listen to this episode. But before I start this episode, I want to thank my longtime sponsor, Galway Bay. Located in Chicago, Illinois, Galway Bay is at 530 West Diversity Parkway. Uh, these guys have been enormously helpful in my show. Uh, ever since I switched over from Johnny O'Hagan's to Galway, the owner, Nolan Patrick Rafferty, has let me place my cameras there, you know, with my lights and film the shows and just do all this stuff where most other bars would probably be asking, when are you done and all that? Nolan doesn't care at all. He's been amazing. It's also like the perfect dive bar to go to. You don't just go there and you feel like you're just some guy going to the bar where someone calls you sir. They're going to know you by name. They're going to, you know, you're going to feel like a regular there and you're going to and it's like your favorite dive bar to ever go to. If you want to know why people love dive bars, this place is why. I mean, you can go there, play a game of darts, you can uh, play some old school video games hooked up to some emulators in the back and some non-emulators. They got like an N64 hooked up there along with some other stuff. And you can also play some pool and stuff like that. And now you can also get pizza there. So go to Galway Bay at 500 West Diversity Parkway in Chicago, Illinois. It's the best dive bar in Chicago. You can find them on Instagram at Galway Bay 500 and on Twitter at Bay Chicago. All the information regarding the bar will be linked in the description of this video. And now, without further ado, we're going to get this episode started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to You'll Probably Agree. Today, I have Sophia Wong Bosio. I hope I pronounced that correctly, did I? Bosio. Bosio, okay. Uh, last names are a little bit of my weakness. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Just yeah. call me Sophia. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll do. The founder and executive director of Asian Pop-Up Cinema. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, well, I invited you here today because uh, I made a little movie that uh, won an award uh, at the uh, Asian Pop-Up Cinema One Minute Shorts uh, Festival Awards. Uh, it was about uh, social distancing with your family. I filmed it with my uh, brother-in-law and sister and uh, my niece and nephew. And it was about a family who literally stayed six feet from each other and kind of kept their masks on and, you know, <laughs> made sure that, you know, they, they took their um, precautions at home a little too seriously, I guess you could say. Um, but uh, it was so funny. It was <laughs> the best. I, I, I have to say that out loud now, you know, oh. <laughs> out of all the entries, that was the number one film that I keep going back and I still laugh at it. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. So it was very well done. And, uh, I thank your entire cast, who are your family members, right? Your brother, your sister-in-law, yeah, and, and your two little what, a niece and nephew? Yeah, uh, my uh, two-year-old nephew and my uh, one-year-old niece. I think, or no, she's two now actually. And yeah. now my uh, my nephew's gonna turn three next week. Wow, so, how yeah. exciting! <laughs> that little that that little clip was just nailed it right to the point. <laughs> And at the right time to show it, that we all enjoy a little laugh. So I really love it. Thank you very much for yeah. your work. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, having said that, for like people who might not know what Asian pop-up cinema is, I'm actually sporting my Asian pop-up shirt right now. Oh, uh, how nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I wear it regularly, actually. Uh, someone at the grocery store, when I was doing my local exercise, like I think a month ago, actually, said she liked my shirt. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, so what exactly is Asian pop-up cinema for the uninitiated? Okay, so Asian Pop-Up Cinema is a biannual Asian film festival held in the spring and the fall of the year in Chicago. I founded this about five years ago in the fall of 2015. So 2020 is actually our fifth anniversary for the year. Uh, you know, how, how did it come along, right? I, I moved to Chicago in 2000. I'm, I, I, I am a Hong Kong born, uh, Hong Kong city girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always call myself city girl. I'm born and grew up in Hong Kong. And I, um, my husband and I got relocated to Chicago in year 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first 15 years, I, 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 I devoted myself and uh, work in nonprofit. Uh, art and culture uh, sector. And uh, one of my first job was running the Chicago International Film Festival. So I was, uh, I learned a lot, you know, about film festival and anything. But after 15 years, uh, there was still no Asian film festival in Chicago. I mean, we got Jewish Film Festival, Polish Film Festival, Latino Film Festival, Children Film Festival. We got any film festival, any country. Uh, they all have a little platform. Uh, but we didn't have a asserted effort of uh, showing Asian films. I meant Asian film made by Asian filmmakers living in Asia. Uh, I mean, we do have a, a Asian American Film Festival, but it's not Asian Asian films. Uh, so I founded the festival to fill the void, and I my vision was to bridge the East and West through the diverse offering of Asian films. And I hope, uh, you know, right now, you know, when I first started, I felt like Chicago is so behind with the rest of the major cities in mm-hmm. United States that had Asian films, right? New York is already in their 17 or 18 edition, the New York Asian Film Festival, Chicago, San Francisco, they all have it. Uh, you know, and, and San Diego, you know, they all have it. So I just feel like if I do it twice a year, I could catch up faster. <laughs> so we are now in a, entering, a, a, I mean, actually next week opening, we are entering our 11 season. So even though we are five years old, but we, we can proudly say it in double digit season 11. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, so uh, as a guy with me who has uh, limited knowledge of Asian cinema, I mean, I know a little bit like beyond the, the you know, the, 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 the popular filmmakers, like, you know, I grew up as a fan of Kurosawa and Ozu, uh, you know, and of course, you know, we, we have like uh, Chan Su Pak and Bong Joon-ho outside of, you know, the standard names. Uh, who would you recommend I should like check out or anyone should check out who's, who's like really getting engaged in Asian cinema? You know, uh, Asian cinemas, uh, you know, really talking about the films produced in the continent of Asia. Uh, our festival is more focused on South, uh, I mean, East Asian, uh, 
mm-hmm. which is the cinema of Japan, China, Hong Kong, Taiwan, and South Korea, mm-hmm. and uh, including, of course, the Japanese anime and uh, action films from Hong Kong. And we do try to uh, put bring in some Southeast Asia cinema, which is films from Singapore, Philippines, Thailand, Indonesia, Vietnam, those uh, Southeast Asian countries, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say it, it all depends on in to the to the to the American to the American audience, general public, they are probably very familiar with Hong Kong action films. And if they want to see anything, they, they're probably more familiar with South Korea and associate South Korean cinema with suspense and thrillers, right? Mm-hmm. And uh and then with Japanese, they probably know a lot about anime than a lot of other type of uh, genre films from Japan and some family dramas. So they're, they're, everybody's knowledge is depends. Uh, I think they instead of following the filmmakers, they actually following the style mm. of the film. They 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 can be uh, re- they can relate to or drawn to either visually or just by the actions uh, sequels of it. So it really depends who what type of film you you like to you can watch. And I I, I probably um, jumping ahead a bit. I think it all has something to do with the barrier that people here has to overcome is reading the subtitles. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, not just Asian film. I mean, in general, the people, our America audience are more used to just, just listening English movie, English language movies, right? They don't have to read the subtitles. So for, for a longest time, even the French cinema, the Italian cinema, the German films would never really get to uh, get get the attention that you know normally you will you will get compared to the American movies, the Hollywood movies. So the because of that, people are a little bit. Um, uh, it's because of they are not exposed to it and they don't see it. So it seems like it's harder effort for them to see them. So who could I recommend? There are so many of them. They're all good films. So it depends what you like. You know, if you like action film, you probably the first thing you pull up is Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan movie, right? Yeah. So, so you, look, you look at them yeah. right away. That's from Hong Kong, right? Bruce yeah. Lee, probably the, 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 the big uh, godfather of martial art movie yeah. that any American uh, uh, general public will 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 include and and look at them, and then you know these days of course uh, I must say thanks to Netflix, uh, there are a lot more uh, foreign language films being shown, and they are they are they are shown in that you can watch in the comfort of their of your home, mm-hmm. you can uh, you have the uh, you have to control or uh, to to uh, pause and replay if you miss a line, for example, you know, reading the subtitle, then you can't do it in the theater, right? If you miss the line, you miss the line, you know, the subtitles. Uh, but here you can actually do that. Uh, so in, in, in fact, I would say they have helped cultivate it uh, uh, and, and uh, how do I say, um, flatten the barriers a little bit 
and a lot of people these days, I, if, if you talk to the younger generation people who are now watching film on their tablets, on their little iPad, on TV, they are much more used to watching foreign language movies than our generation, you know, that we only go to the cinema to watch movies. Uh, so the, the streaming um, do create a, uh, an open uh, people's uh, mind and acceptance of watching foreign language movie. So I think people like you now is, uh, I mean, parent side is, 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 is a, is a uh, supreme extreme example <laughs> that, that got the historical win in, in Oscar for a foreign language movie and that won the best. So how many awards they got? I forgot. They like semi-sweet did. They got best director. They got best screenplay. Uh, best foreign language film, best picture, yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing, amazing, yeah. <laughs> right? And, and, yeah. and, and that, you know, it, it just really opened. And I think ever, actually before that, a Japanese uh, filmmaker, Coriada, also won big uh, prizes in the Cannes Film Festival. All of this, uh, the International Film Festival, definitely elevated uh, Asian filmmakers' uh, influence and impact uh, through their platform. So I look forward to the future uh, that people actually can, can, can throw a few more names out. You know? <laughs> so if I throw a name out, they will say, oh, I saw that. That would be the best thing I will have uh, happen in the future. Yeah. Near future, near future, yeah? Yeah, and I mean, it's especially, uh, you know, when it comes to reading subtitles, I think that barrier has really been kind of broken and a lot easier for Western audiences these days too, because like how it's so often now that we just have the closed captioning on our TVs or that, you know, we're just naturally watching something on our phone anyways, or we're constantly reading something on Facebook. So to, to read the subtitles really isn't that hard to do. And it's something you just fall right into as someone who like engaged himself with foreign language uh, cinema a, a long time ago. So it's really not that hard to do at all. Yes, exactly. I, I mean, for, for me, I actually uh, turn on the captions for e the British films. Because the accent and everything, I, I, I sometimes don't understand every single word. I mean, of course, I'm not a native American person. You know, I'm not born up here. Uh, English is not my first language. So I always find the subtitles helpful anyway. You know, it, it would have been, I saw a tenant about, I think like a few days ago. Uh -huh. And boy, that movie needed subtitles. Oh, I, really? Okay. Now oh you got God. me on it. <laughs> yeah, because Christopher Nolan's sound mixing is notorious for being confusing with the sound sound effects <laughs> and his music being overbearing. And okay. then people are giving extremely detailed expository dialogue. And it's just like, oh, Man, I really need something because I don't understand <laughs> what's going on in this film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, Good to know. So uh, I know like when we were doing these one minute films, uh, it was kind of interesting because it really pinpointed a significant uh, part of history where filmmakers, you know, they have more limited crew. I mean, they started production on the Batman again and had to shut down because Robert Pattinson got uh, COVID right away because you're around a crew of like 200 people or more. And, you know, well, with the film that budget was like a thousand people. So uh, what do you think now 
filmmakers can do to innovate to create movies on such limited resources? Well, they definitely have to reimagine, right? They have yeah. to rethink outside of the box. I mean, it's so clear that making a film with social distancing is, is almost impossible. You know, and as a producer, I can't imagine how they budget their film now with, with, with uh, uh, increasing insurance premium and liability and the cast and how do you put everybody in the same place and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and how, do, how do they make a lovemaking scene? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do they kiss each other now, you know? CGI. <laughs> yeah. So all of this are, are, are crazy situation that in this new world we're, we're living in. Uh, but you know what? Like you making your short film within the, sh- uh, 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 was it in the basement you were shooting it? It's like in a family room, right? Uh, this is my sister's house. So it's yeah. like in a bunch of places there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I think filmmakers have always had the experience of making film under extreme circumstances, Mm -hmm. right? They could be on different location. They could be in a war zone. They could be under the sea. They can work with multi-language crew and extra and plus CGI, no CGI, green screen, everything. They have done all that. It's just a matter how they put their heads together and be innovative about making their films. I do think, you know, um, just, just common sense, so making mega, mega budget movie is actually harder uh, compared to making small independent movie. Mm-hmm. I would say this is the time for the indie filmmakers to shine because yeah. they can find a place outdoor, you know, still shoot and, and very small crew uh, maneuvering the spray space easier and they can make a movie. Uh, at the end of the day, it's the stories that count. You have to have a good story. You have to, the, the script has to be right. I think um, organizing your shot, you have to think uh, differently. You know, you have to think about more about the circumstances, the environment they are shooting, besides just concern, not naturally the lighting, the, uh, you know, all the other things you usually have to think about. And I think they will make it work. No matter what, they will make it work. And um, in, in, in the film festival worlds, I also noticed there is a more collaborative kinship type of spirit have been developed amongst major film festivals. Uh, very early, there's a one, one world film festival show up, all the big festivals all chip in and show a virtual program before, you know, before we are in what we call phase two situation. Mm-hmm. And um, everything online. And, and these days, like TIFF, you know, like uh, they, they all talk about being less competitive and they all talk about combining their efforts in making sure the films uh, that need to be shown can be shown, regardless what festival is showing it. So I think these are the good, good some, some of the good side coming out of it. And, 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 and we will still make it work. And I don't think next year we have no film to show. I don't think so. But it's just a different kind of film coming out. And, uh, and maybe they are make for more for, uh, more for small screen experience, 
But at the end of the day, people still go back to the back screen, no matter what. It just, it just different timing and different things will come out. That's my own, you know, my very, um, how do I say, general um, observation now. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny when you talk about um, the, the big screen now, because I'm wondering, uh, have you kept tabs on what uh, cinemas are like in places like China or South Korea? Because, I mean, I saw Tenet, for instance, in the, you know, in the United States, and that was in the music box where uh, I, I saw it in that particular venue because I particularly trust them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like if I went to like my local uh, Regal Theater or something like that, I'm not sure you know, how safe I would feel. Uh, have you, uh, do you know what it's like over there as of right now with their big screen experience? Because I think they opened a little earlier than us. Well, as you said, the trust. Yeah. The trust is so important. The box office success for any theatrical release these days cannot be dependent on the pre-COVID-19 type of publicity and marketing efforts. You know, whatever you did before, it does not help. It is, it might help, it just spread the word out. But at the end of the day, it's the people's trust, whether or not they feel safe to go inside a theater to watch it. And if you talk about China and South Korea, their success are directly linked to whether or not the virus spread is contained effectively in that particular country. Mm. Okay, so South China and South Korea are the two countries enjoying great comeback for their major film releases. And I would include Hong Kong and Taiwan as well. They are all getting ahead than the rest of the world because their countries are doing a better job. Mm -hmm. As simple as that. Yeah, they they have adults. Uh, they have adult leadership, unlike here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 I, I think I think the public can see it now. They yeah. should realize what is, you know, what what is the what is the uh, what has been done, what hasn't been done that caused us where we are now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you have you been to a theater since this whole thing happened? Well, so I live in the city and AMC yeah. River East has been our core venue since uh, day one I started the festival. So they only opened on August 20th. So yeah. I attended an afternoon screening of the, the sequel to Train to Busan, mm. uh, the peninsula, uh, on August 22nd. So in my opinion, that film was made for a big screen. Yeah. For, the, for the sound effect, <laughs> for <laughs> everything you see on the big screen, then to be appreciated on, 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 on your, on your uh, even on your biggest, you know, 85 inches TV is still not the same. Uh, so I went to see it. I was there uh, on August 22nd. I would like to go back. Uh, I, I do find, uh, I, I'm not saying about any other, other theater because I haven't do, been to anyone because this one is a cineplex, right? So mm -hmm. it's not like a little cinema with two or three or, you know, auditorium. They have 21 auditorium. In. The, 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 the premises itself was very big and roomy and spacious, right? Mm -hmm. And high ceiling everything. 
And inside, I was in a 2,200-seater house. For better or worse, that 320 screening, I was the only person in the theater. Hmm. That certainly helps make uh, make you feel. <laughs> I was yeah. very, I didn't feel anything wrong with it, but uh, but the the way uh, they they uh, you you order your ticket now, you actually see where you could seat. You uh-huh. could see, uh, uh, and they they block out almost uh, every other row. They block out all the uh, every almost like every three seats apart. You have one seat or two seats. So, so they are, they are very strict in, in um, seats occupancy, you know, uh, inside the theater. And I, I felt very safe in, in, in that particular situation. And I noticed sanitizer stations were everywhere and uh, their, their bathroom was super clean. You know, I did use it. Uh, no, it, 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 it was a, a very positive experience for me. And, you know, and, and today is what September sixth. I'm still talking. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Talk, uh, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what a man is. I, I, I'm a sick, right? <laughs> no, it's uh, it, you know what? That sounds like an incredibly safe venue. I, I, I would definitely trust going to AMC River East then because I mean they're really sound like they're taking the necessary precautions. Uh, I mean, I, when I, when I, I went to Music Box twice and I felt pretty safe there as well. Yeah, I, I know that theater because it's an 800 seat house, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, 750 it's like 750, seats. Yeah, yeah. And it's very easy to uh, 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 social distancing and, 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 you know, even 20% capacity is still a good, good spread out, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and if if people behave like they should behave, like we're wearing masks, they should be, you know, and do their own uh, uh, protection, uh, yeah. and and wash their hands. I think it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whenever I go anywhere, not only do I wash my hands, I have like a little bottle of hand sanitizer. Like yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you can get those at like Walgreens for like right, like two exactly. bucks. Yeah. Um, so going back a little bit, how, how did you get involved in the uh, world of filmmaking? Well, number one, I am not a filmmaker. So let, let's make it clear. Asian pop-up cinema is a film festival. Okay. So you could call me as the organizer of a film festival, or we are part of the exhibition of any films. Right, I, I, it's like a theater, theatrical release, or, or what? We are within the exhibition line of work. Um, so, uh, as an exhibitor, um, my my role is to exhibit the film that uh, uh, that I think they deserve to be premiered, uh, deserve to show the. Uh, uh, um, you know, show them in the best light, uh, give them a little bit more boost than, you know, and, and, and hence treatment in a sense, marketing them correctly to the target audience and based on my film festivals, uh, 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 the selection and everything. So, so my, my role is really showing the film uh, in the best light in when they should be shown. Uh, usually film festivals show the film ahead 
of their theatrical releases or, or in this case, in Asian film before they getting their film distribution in, in, the, in the West, right? So that's, that's their platform of, of having their film shown and they create a buzz and everything. So, so that's my role. And uh, personally, I grew up in a filmmaker's family and my, my father and mom were filmmakers. And my father was an editor and my mom was an actress. So that's, that's the link to the filmmaking for me personally. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could say the same. My, my, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so how do you think Western, I mean, I can go on forever about it, but uh, how do you think Western audiences have embraced Asian cinema uh, throughout history, you know, towards today? Well, that's a very long history we're covering, but as I yeah, said yeah, earlier, I, I, <laughs> as I said earlier, I do think that generally, if we if we divide up the continents, you know, look at each continent, uh, Europe somehow has have embraced Asian cinema uh, earlier than America, okay, and uh, Amer Americans are a little bit behind in in accepting uh, subtitle movies. Uh, but they did accept the action film first because they, there were less dialogue in it. You know, there's not much words in it. And, and it's more so more, uh, um, more a visual spectacle. And it, it's easier for them to accept it, to watch it. Um, so like, for example, Mulan, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Mulan is now being released on uh, the Disney, which was postponed from a theatrical and not gone totally virtual. It is a film based on a classic story from China, but in the end, they make it as a visual marvel, right? And in America, they show it in English. Do I mind or do I say this is not the best way to show the film? I think it's still the best way to show the film and expose them to a wider audience. Uh, if, if more Americans can see it, that means they are one step closer to understand Asian uh, culture, uh, 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 you know, whether it's a classic story or whether it's an anime or anything. And I think it's important to continue with that uh, cause. In, in a way, it's, it's, it's a champion. You know, we are all champion doing it. Um, so I, I think an Asian pop of cinema main responsibility today is continue exposing the audience, the public, general public, with a diverse selection of film made by Asian filmmaker. And, uh, and I, I could show, I, I, if, you, if you look at my selection, I really give you a big mix. You know, the mix and the content, uh, my intention is that I've got something for everyone. You know, you can pick this one you like that, or you like the horror movie, you like the zombie movie, or you like a family drama, you go for that. And, and, and I, I think the stories will draw the audience and forget that they are only watching Asian cinema. Yeah, I mean, uh, with uh, me, I mean, Asian cinema, I, I could see the influence, you know, in the West for a while there. I mean, if you look at anything from Steven Spielberg or George Lucas, for instance, you know, a lot of Star Wars is uh, uh, 
influence from Kurosawa films, a lot of Spielberg's movement with his camera echoes mm. Kurosawa as well. If you look at sort of like the mumblecore underground filmmaking move uh, movements, those are a lot like Yasuhito. I think I said his name right. Uh, Osu's uh, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know, and, and then, you know, you see a lot of like American audiences hiring guys like Ang Lee or James Wan, who did, yeah. the, uh, you know, he did the Saw films. And I think later he did like Aquaman or something like that. And, you know, and yeah, you know, you got, you have old boy with Chan Soon Pak, you have Bong Joon-ho who's like yep. a rock star now, you know, in the United States. Uh, it's really kind of grown more and more. And I think like subtitles specifically just a harp back on that. It's, I think we've kind of gotten over that a lot. And of course, uh, anime mm. and, and martial arts. I mean, the matrix for instance, you know, yeah, heavily. And so, I mean, they even had the animatrix. I remember when the, when the matrix sequels were coming out, don't forget, uh, yeah. Tarantino, uh, Kill Oh them. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or once upon a time in Hollywood, there was a yeah. controversial scene where Brad Pitt, <laughs> Got in a fight with Bruce Lee and the family, yes, like how yes. they portrayed Bruce Lee, which I could totally understand. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's huge. Um, so then, what do you think? There's a what do you think a primary stylistic distinction uh, exists in Asian cinema? I mean, you cited it already. You talk about all this influence, all this director. There, there's some sort of their elements or a feature or use or whatever you know reinvented in American movies, right? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, uh, you know, they they're remaking they're remaking uh, 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 st uh, stories from Ch well, just talk about a couple Juno, right? Wasn't it? Uh, uh, uh -huh. What is that uh, Japanese horror movie that got the ghost coming out of the TV? That's oh, uh, that's, um, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the name of it, but I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So uh, The Ring, The Ring. The Ring, The Ring, right? They make remake, they make several rings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, Based and, off Ringu, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a Korean movie that got Kenneth Reeves and Sandro Bullock. It's called The Lick. House, the lake oh, house. I didn't know that was That's a beautiful uh, uh, time travel type of a romance movie, movie based on a, uh, a South Korean movie. It's a little choir film. And there's so many remakes are now back and forth. Uh, um, who make a movie based on a Hong Kong? Uh, well, there was a remake of Old Boy that Spike Lee directed, I know. Yeah, yeah. So, so you see, uh, the filmmakers, they are very good uh, uh, accepting and, and recreating and, and making something new of their own. And in my opinion, Asian cinema is one of those, has, the, has so many distinctions. The one thing is they don't have is to nail them down to say they are only good at this or they are only good at that. No, mm -hmm. they are super, every one of them are super versatile and flexible 
in. I mean, you could see one director making a stylistic uh, 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 film noir type of film, and the next day he 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 make a comedy rom rom com, right? Com, mm -hmm. and, and then the next day they make a. Uh, blockbuster about uh, uh, about bombs and 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 and, and, yeah. and, uh, and then they they have another those uh, cult uh, classic horror about a guy um, uh, killing people and chop them up and put them into a set into a barbecue <laughs> bomb and eat them up. You know, yeah. they 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 the stories that come out is 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 tremendous and fantastic and crazy, right? And and. So I, I, I couldn't tell what, what they want. At the end of the day, okay, just talk about Parasite. Yeah. Parasite is a drama. It's a little bit of scary thriller at the back and got suspense in and it's dark. And it's also very realistic showing the social class differences, mm -hmm. right? It, it combines so much in it in that movie. And, and, and the filmmakers are uh, 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 just like a fish and, and swimming comfortably from this end to that end, to the deep end, to the shallow end. <laughs> they do yeah. so much with that movie. And that's why it makes a different type of movie. And I, I, I think they need to be celebrated. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, one thing I always loved about um, Asian cinema, it might just be me, but uh, they're very visceral in style and uh, they're, they're not afraid to to sort of step away from subtlety, although there is subtlety, especially with something like an Ozu film. You know, those movies are very much like this is what it's like to live everyday life. Yeah. You know, and, and it's sort of exam. I mean, I love Tokyo Story, for instance. Yes. You yes. know, like that's, that's one of those rare movies that kind of uh, examines a lot of the sort of taboo elements uh, within the household that you don't think about, about like what happens when children grow up and, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of still like children inside and they mistreat their parents and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, like you, you don't see that sort of subtlety in a movie because like immediately when people jump to Asian cinema, they think of, you know, big, you know, tight zoom ins with cameras and loud music and people screaming. And it's not like that all the time. It's no. extremely diverse. Yeah, extremely diverse. If you come to uh, if you go attend some of my virtual cinema this season coming up, uh, we, we shot of showing it uh, per week, right? Every week is from one particular origin, you know, geographic. The first week is South Korean and then followed by Japan week and then the Taiwan week and then the China week and then uh, Hong Kong, right? Mm -hmm. uh, since you like so much about Ozone, I really encourage you to see my four titles selected for the Japanese film. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, they are, they, they are, they are, um, they're made by, there's an anime, which we're going to have a world premiere, and there are two indie films. And, uh, and then the last one is so funny. It's uh, by Watanabe, his film. It's just about a filmmaker uh, having the biggest writer's block. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's idling. He's he's like don't know what to do. The whole film is about he he actually starred in it too. So he directed, he wrote it, and he he acted in it. And it's so real and it's so funny. It's it's his sense of humor will come across to any filmmaker. Uh, how do they deal with the daily life uh, uh, besides the pressure of dealing with their, their distributor or writer, you know, whoever pressuring them to come up with something. What, what is your writing? What is so at the same time, and he have to live his day. So it's actually hilarious. So I hope you, you got to see some of them. And, 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 uh, and they, they are hosted on this wonderful platform, uh, Festival Scope. And that I feel very secure because they are powered by Shift 72. Uh, so all the films hosted there, you know, I know uh, I'm also protecting the film uh, rights, uh, their film having a good secure platform. So check out, check out our films, you know, and if you can come to some driving experience, the live audience experience, or go to the uh, online section and pick the film you want to watch from home. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, all the driving is a lot of fun now too. And well, I have, a, I have, I'm try. Well, I have a thing with drive-in movies. I can't reveal yet, but I'm excited okay. too in the future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Sophia, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can we Where can we find all the information on Asian Pop Up Cinema? I mean, I'll record. I bet that include a link uh, in the uh, description of the video, of course. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, where, where can we find you guys? Okay, so uh, we have a website, AsianPopUpCinema.org. Okay, all one word. If you just want to see the entire lineup, so this, uh, the hash is uh, season hyphen eleven hyphen overview. So AsianPopUpCinema.org slash uh, season hyphen 11 hyphen overview and there you see the whole program all together the 22 films and they're separated with a uh, seven film at the driving and 15 film at the virtual platform and or you go to uh, just want to look at the virtual platform because you are outside of Chicago then you just go to festivalscope.com slash page slash APUC slash and you will see the entire platform and the selection of our virtual uh, 15 film shown over there and all you have to do is to sign up the first time click on the film you want to watch they are five dollars only um, in fact if you send this out earlier, we have an early birds promo. It takes you uh, the price down to $2. If you register ahead of time before September 10, uh, you can actually uh, watch, uh, uh, register first, put in, put in the lock, lock it on at $2, and then you can watch the film when it's ready to be watched. Ah, very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, check out the Asian pop-up cinema, uh, releasing this Thursday, actually. Uh, so by the time this comes up, it might be tomorrow. So get on that guys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And thank you very much. And it's nice talking to you. Yeah. It's great talking to you again. Okay. Uh, okay guys. Thank you guys so much. Uh, 
this has been you'll probably agree of course you could check us out at ypareviews.com if you guys haven't figured out the ypa stands for you'll probably agree have a great one well, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much again, Sophia, for telling me about Asian pop-up cinema. Maybe now you learned a little more about Asian cinema. Maybe you already knew about the influences it had on movies today. I mean, if you like George Lucas or Steven Spielberg, thank Akira Kurosawa for that. If you love Bong Joon-ho's movies, you know, like Snowpiercer, which I think might be his show now, or Parasite that swept out the Oscars, and maybe the last year's the Oscars will ever exist. No, as Sophia said... Cinemas will come back as if they aren't already coming back right now. Go check out Asian Pop-Up Cinema. It's like coming out tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Click on the link. It's in the description. It's easier than me describing it through the URL. What have you got to lose? You can even watch it from home. Oh, that must be so tough to click on a link and check it out from home. (laughs) And hey, if you want to have a drink while uh, checking out some of these Asian Pop-Up films, if you're afraid to go into a bar... Go on Galway Bay's dual drinkware page. It's also in the description of the video. Click on there. You can get a whiskey glass. You can get a wine glass. You can get a t-shirt. My favorite one is of Schwarzenegger with Predator. And it says Galway Bay. Now soon the bender will begin. All right. It's a, gr- it's a great shirt. Looks awesome on me, especially since I lost about 38 pounds since the pandemic. And also... Get some of those, uh, like, the, the like seriously, like, the wooden coasters they have is amazing. Like, please check it out. If you have any questions for Nolan, if you want Nolan to come on my show, uh, the guy who owns Galway Bay, to talk about Predator, which is his favorite film, which I have never seen. I admit it. I've never seen Predator. All right? Message him over at Bay Chicago. That's capital B and then uh, for Bay and then capital C for Chicago. Bay Chicago on Twitter. Okay, and also Galway Bay 500 on Instagram. Thank you guys so much, and please check out some Asian films. You'll love them. How could you not? And so, so many Asian films have influenced American films. All right, have a good one.